calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Roy Powers, and today I am joined by Joe Scrabbles. I'm podcasting entirely in VR. He's actually wearing a VR headset right now. I've already clarified this. This is visual gags and an audio medium. There's so. a video of this. Knocking out. Well, yeah. I, I don't actually, know how many people I actually I genuinely watch. can't see where the microphone is, so may, if I sound really far away, <laughs> then it's because I'm in another world. <laughs> and with no context, we have Sheriff Alicia. Also, Howdy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, okay, some contact. She's donning a sheriff's hat. I have a sheriff's hat. As we, oh, I'm oh. going to speak in this accent for the entirety of the oh, podcast. You sound so like sorry. a robot gone wrong. <laughs> to all of my relatives in the States, this is horrible. Would you, you like to like hear? In virtual reality. <laughs> See, we just got a uh, Westworld uh, care mm-hmm. package, which is why she's wearing a hat. And I have a whip. I have an Indiana Jones whip. So uh, without further ado, whip let's whip this podcast <laughs> into, into place. How scary into I think I hit the light. Literally nearly took (laughs) faces off. Well, anyway, welcome to the podcast. Now, this is our big, big VR podcast. Um, Not meaning that it's going to be in VR, but uh, we are one of the people who actually got a PSVR headset into the office this week. And we've pretty much been playing it nonstop. I think oh, at yeah. any given moment, there's been someone in the studio on the VR headset. Yeah, it's whenever someone's good. actually wanted to come into the studio to film something, like properly, they, they have, have to throw boot someone, out, someone of, out of whatever virtual world they're currently in. I love like people who are trying to come in here to do their job and people are like, oh, you can't? I'm playing Job Simulator for <laughs> VR. <It's> like, <laughs> which is an actual game that we have been playing this week. Mm. Uh, so we like we got a number of games on the PlayStation uh, VR. We're very lucky. We are very lucky. And you know we really enjoyed most them. So let's kick things off with one of my personal favorites. Ooh. The headliner. The headliner, which I think everyone's been really excited about, which is Batman VR. <gasps> yeah, so oh. we, we, we all played it, right? We've all finished it as well, haven't we? We all finished it, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. It's weird because you kind of think of a, a game and a franchise like Batman, and you think of VR, mm. and initially I was kind of wondering how they're going to make an actual narrative or a storyline around the game where you can't really move from one place to another like that fluidly, and I think the game did it Fantastically, I think it did it really well. Absolutely. No, I think it was a really, really good example of designing a game for VR and specifically looking at the limitations of VR. Like, yeah. you can't 
normally when you think of the Arkham games, because it's Batman Arkham VR, you you are swooping around Arkham City, sorts of fight scenes. There's no actual Batmaning in a flying Batman dropkick kind yeah. of way. It's very much the detective side of Batman. Well, that's but the that side works you, so well. Well, that's the side Rocksteady never really dug into. Mm. Is the fact that you were like there were a couple of investigation scenes, but like they weren't. There wasn't much. But that to just them. goes to show you like how these different mediums are going to change the development yeah. of games altogether. Because detective scenes in you know a open world Batman game would be incredibly boring. I think that would be like the little bits in, depending, depending on how they're would, handled. But the, the thing that uh, basically my major feeling coming out of it, apart from you know the general awe of all that stuff like the opening scene which we've talked about a lot before yeah um having played it at gamescom is you go down and you know like you go in a secret lift down into the back cave you put on your gauntlets you get all your equipment it feels incredible it does feel incredible when they raise that mirror up and like as your head moves batman's head moves yeah Yeah. and of course i think we all probably went we immediately started gangnam styling making batman gav did the little teapot dance he did can we can we talk about the massive elephant in the room or should i say dinosaur of there is a t-rex in the i'm bat pretty cave. sure there are t-rexes in other bat caves oh, really? i think that's a reference really? i'm sure there are t-rexes in be bat reference, caves right because that was too weird it was so it's weird i weird. thought maybe it was just rocksteady wanting to so basically when you're in the bat cave there's an area behind you that you can teleport to mm. that if you look up there's a gigantic t-rex who's yawning above your face so you just get like a mouthful of fangs you in ref- your eyeballs refuse to look at i was so scared you get very scared <laughs> yeah. by vr i mean we can go into that a little bit later <laughs> yeah, we are gonna go jesus that christ later. i've never known anyone to be so scared of anything but i mean i was playing until dawn but to, we'll that, get to, that later. to finish my point apart from like the this those moments of awe that you get in batman are sort of one-time only things you're never going to feel that way really again yeah you'll get the sense of like this is cool but it's never going to be like shit i'm batman that's really yeah. cool but the detective scenes, for mm. me, are the most interesting bit for what we do next with this stuff. Like, they really illuminate to me that being in an environment, being able to interact with stuff, being able to pick things up and understand them. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine an escape the room puzzle in yeah, VR. Absolutely. Like, imagine, like, or the games of the room on iOS, that kind of game where you've got intricate little puzzles that require looking around from different angles and understanding something spatially. Like, yes. that well, stuff could be incredible. It's quite funny because, like, typically that's quite a tedious mechanic in a lot of games like I know in a lot of Resident Evil games you like pick up an object and you have like the rotate the object with the joysticks and maybe there'll be a little hidden box or a little hole you can poke to open up a secret compartment and that's always kind of boring you're like okay just give me the object and let me like move on but with this you almost want to examine everything like when you're in Wayne Manor as we were talking about you can pick up postcards and Mm -hmm. read on the back of them you can use your little um, it's kind of like a a scanner that is a lot of different things but you can also use it as like a UV scanner as Mm -hmm. well so the uh, the Riddler Joker is like hidden notes everywhere which you can like pick up on the back of items but that's what's so brilliant about this this is massively like a replayable batman experience in that you like i didn't even realize how many secrets there were there so many yeah, there's a lot so many like this is very much a it's not a watered down version of what you'd expect on console it's mm-hmm. like a beefed up experience specifically designed for vr with all the bells and whistles of everything that mm. you can expect from the rocksteady games in this amazing environment when you you are literally inside it like you the bit where there's this, there's this bit where you have to reach and take the bat mask and you have to and pull it, it, put it onto on your, your face. face and that bit where you just saw it becoming oh it was it was absolutely amazing genuinely felt like batman one of my favorite things as well is how much attention to detail it requires from the developers like to the point where just to see what it was like in the morgue scene which i won't go into 
particularly you know, on a story level. But there's a scene in a morgue. There's always mm. a scene in a morgue in a detective <laughs> thing. Um, the operating tables. Yeah. I got on the floor and started looking underneath them. Did and they're you? like they've properly textured like everything about them. It, they yeah. are full That's 3D objects. Like they feel real. Because I was cool. like, it's just going to be white boxed under there. Because yeah. no one's no one's enough of a nerd except no me to get on scrabbles. their knees and go. What's <laughs> under this operating table? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all fully featured, and you just think about these VR artists who have to think VR more VR artists <laughs> even more deeply about the spatial feeling mm, of everything. Yeah. And. I absolutely don't want to ruin the opening scene of the game because that's a, that was one of the biggest surprises, like the very opening scene. But they do really something well spatially that was so surprising to me and like yeah. genuinely a bit overwhelming. And mm. you're just like, holy shit, this it's feels so different. Really clever. Well, again, without... Because obviously we don't want to give too much away for people who are going to be picking up the headset in these games. But uh, it was the ending for me where reality becomes a little bit warped and they really play with your surroundings mm. to a point where... Obviously, it's something that you've never experienced in your life before, mm. except for maybe, you know, like illusions or like magic tricks well, or something like that. And, and this was something so different. You have experienced that in the previous Arkham game. So this yeah. isn't giving anything away, but the mechanic, it's a rock steady mechanic, but you're right, it's done in a completely different yeah, way. It just feels because it's the like, it's the idea if if you've played the previous Arkham games, there's a whole bit where you're walking down and you you turn around and things appear, they generate behind you. Mm. So when you turn the camera, there's something in your face. And when you're playing that with a peripheral and a screen, it makes you jump, but you're still separated from it. But you know that classic rock steady mechanic they put into Batman Arkham VR and because it's actually genuinely all up in your grill it's terrifying because it's really it just generates in your face it's like oh it's amazingly done it makes such humdrum actions really yeah. scary and exciting as well like there's a bit where you are just uncovering three sort of windows and you know there's going to be something behind oh, them. Jesus Christ, and it scared me yeah. so much. It's so freakish just watching yes. Batman's hand trembling <laughs> yeah. as you're like, you're like, even Batman's scared. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah. this is, I'm Batman. The weirdest thing about Arkham VR is it posits a Batman who is firstly shit at everything, <laughs> secondly incurably curious about the most boring thing, like he's picking up coffee cups and looking under them the whole time. Like just, it's Batman after like some sort of minor LSD mental trip. event. I just, yeah, I just love being like, it really reminds me of like um, like Lego Batman. Like you're, 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 you're like in, in Wayne Manor and um, you know Alfred comes up and he's like, Sir, I need to talk to you about and you're like coffee mug, cheap <laughs> yeah. paper, yeah. postcards just throwing that around his yeah. face. But like Alfred just carries on talking yeah. throughout the yeah. cutscene as if he's just seen it all before. Yeah, he's just like fuck. It's just Mr. Oh, Wayne having one of his episodes. So funny. The, the thing like the I think our review of it was tough but fair. Like I think I was a bit more positive about it than Dan Stapleton who reviewed it for us. But yeah. it is a game that illuminates where the gaps in virtual reality lie as well. Like mm. there are certain things like you can't do Batman action, you can't do yeah. driving because like this is all stuff that would probably make you immediately throw up. So yeah. the what it illuminates is that VR can be both completely awe-inspiring and incredible and bring to life stuff in a way that you've never seen before. Yeah. But at the same time it's very clear immediately what you just cannot do. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are certain things that will never work. Well, and that's I, kind of the challenge I think people are going to find, which is how do you work within those limitations, yeah. but equally create a compelling storyline. Yeah. And I think Batman did it just enough that I 
I kind of accepted the limitations and they mm. didn't have an impact exactly. on how much I was enjoying the Absolutely. story. That's yeah. it. It's about counterweighting enough. Because I've played other VR experiences where I've been like, that's cool, but what's the point in an experience if I don't have much interaction yeah. with it? Which we, we're going to get on to. Yeah. And I, I think Batman does, basically. But what, what Dan was highlighting in his review is the idea that you can't fight as Batman. That hmm. was one of like yeah. really key parts of him because he was like, that's who the Batman is to me. It's kind of like the, the criminal bitch-slapping kind of person. Bitch-slapping? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the most, that's my, his yeah. most classic feature when he acts like Huggy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That was oh, but Batman, it's good to see. Why would you hurt me? Terribly rude of you. <laughs> I do a good bit. That was amazing. Thank you. But I like. I think it's partly to do with the technology. In that, to do that, you need to have really, really good collision kind of technology mm. in terms of being able to detect, have surface detection yeah. within VR, so that something can react to you. And I feel like cutscenes and the majority of things that you interact with in VR at the moment, it's all quite pre-prescribed like it's it's a cutscenes play out and if you try and go out of the normal make something react to you mm. it's not detected because it's not yet got to the point oh, yeah. where there's tons mm, of your you, hands floating through ex- stuff through objects that yeah. kind of stuff and when we get to the point where that technology is done well enough that something can react physically to your gesture that's when we can actually start doing because I think fighting can be done in VR it's not going to make you be completely motion sick it, but it's a different kind of fighting you're going to have to stand on the spot and do things you're never going to yeah. get like big action sequences that require you to move around a room no you'll stuff. never do like, backflip no I, obviously <laughs> I'm trying to think like the closest one I can think of in like relation to this would be uh, if you ever played like when the Wii Sports Resort came out which was like tons of games using mm. the motion controller and they essentially had one which was using the Wii uh, Motion Plus as like a sword like a uh, stick yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it worked yeah, relatively well because you 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 know did have to kind of look at how people were holding the sword mm. and hit them in certain places yeah. or jab and block yeah. obviously with fists that's a whole different thing it's going to yeah. be a lot yeah. tougher but that kind of worked in a sense and but it's, a, it's, it's all possible. it's all of these things like exploration feels different like in Batman, it uses the teleport mechanic that I find annoying in quite a lot of VR stuff. Yeah. Like, because it you doesn't feel like you're moving anywhere. It just feels like you're going... But that's kind of like using Google Maps, you know, when you're like yeah, jumping from exactly. spot to spot along the track. Yeah. yeah, but I felt like this was the first Batman game well, not Batman game, VR game, where they actually kind of did it right. Like, I didn't mind the teleporting on this one. I didn't really mind it either, yeah. it made sense. It sort of weirdly made sense for Batman as a character because he obviously uses grappling hook to Unless get Yeah, uh, Batman can't teleport. We've been through this again. <laughs> yeah. We did not have time. There are a few... <laughs> you can do anything. Shut up. You're not real. Yeah. But that's it. There are a few bits where you use the grappling hook and I love those bits because mm. you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm just moving quickly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas there are other bits where you want to move across a room and you press it and you hear his cape swishing and you're just over yeah. there and you're like did he just glide over there but <laughs> like a vampire, yeah. I kind of like forgive him for that because it, at least narratively or in this gameplay mechanic by trying to do the swishy cloak thing they he's try and dude. they try and say look he's just swishing everywhere right he's throwing teacups at Alfred and he's swishing everywhere he's having one of those days it's fine like and I, I think that's what you know whatever game developer whatever game they're making you've got to make the movement make sense for the character and the situation and kind of like I, I think VR, there's no one-size-fits-all approach that you can do in other games. Like, mm. there's, it's always going to be slightly different. I yes. agree with that. But overall, I'd say, as a general consensus, this is one of our favorites oh, yeah. of, the, uh, like, of the games. That's the thing, is that we put more time into it than most. We've thought about it yeah. more than most, mm. and that's because we like it the most. Yeah. That's why you, we have You want to stick around and explore. Want, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the Riddler stuff looks great yeah. from the little bits I've done like there's some great little puzzles no we're definitely there. going back into that and yeah. 
There's loads it's of trophies. Haven't explored yet. Yeah. Well, moving on to a bundle of games. Uh, PlayStation have a package which is kind of, it's called, I think, VR Stories. VR Worlds. VR Worlds. Um, so this is kind of, it's a mixed bag. So basically, it's, it's I feel like it's similar to, as I said, like Wii Sports. Yeah. You know, when something new mm. comes out and you have games that kind of showcase the technology. It's the, it's the Nintendo land of... Uh, yeah, actually, VR, that's a perfect VR. way of doing it. Like, it's just going, here's all the different ways you could use this, and kind of giving hints. Yeah, yeah. and there's some, like, it really, it's good because it, it has options for people who are using the, the Move uh, remotes. It has other ones that are just using the headset and a controller, and some that are just using the headset. Mm -hmm. So they have one, like, the first one I guess we'll talk about is, is it the Ocean or the Deep? The ocean the Descent. Dive? The one ocean with descent. the shark in the cave. Yeah, I think this was the one I didn't like the most because it's essentially just... A VR experience. It's just not, look at things. It's, yeah. You just look at things. There's not a lot of interaction there. I guess the whole idea is that you're a bit terrified that there's sharks and you're down in a cage. Yeah. But I, I guess we've been around VR enough that it takes a bit more I think than that's that. Yeah. I think you know if you put that headset on your grandmother, that's she it. was in the chair. I would, yeah. she's I would love to like sight unseen get my dad to play that because yeah. I yeah. bet he'd just be like, "This Absolutely. is really cool." Like my dad like, likes out. technology, but he doesn't play games. Yeah. So I bet he'd just Ooh. sit there and go, "This is great." I'm yeah. about to coin another phrase right now. Go on. Ooh. I think that's the baby park of VR. <laughs> the baby park of VR. Baby park was a map in Mario Kart Double Dash, yeah. which was just, it's just a circle, like a tiny little circle. circle. So when I wanted to play it with my parents uh -huh. or like my older relatives, I would be like, let's play baby park. Because I know even good. you can go around in a circle. You got that, babies. <laughs> you babies. Stop <laughs> drooling, granddad. <laughs> this is the future. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think it's one of these things. I guess it's similar to like bowling you know we bowling where it's like mm. a very accessible thing you can yep. just put the headset on and they can enjoy it yeah i remember when that first came out that demo like when the first press demos were happening mm. for playstation vr and people were talking about that dive in a really positive mm. light yeah and it's interesting now like you know i don't know how many months down the line now that we've played all the other different we've done like we've been batman in vr now we're like who wants to be locked in a cage with the big shark nuzzling its snout in your face. It's, just, it's funny because it's kind of a, uh, like a double-edged sword. In one sense, it's going to be hard for people to create games using this new technology, mm -hmm. but I actually think it's going to be much harder down the line mm. for people and developers to be innovative when we're not yeah. impressed by just being underwater yep. anymore. Absolutely. You know, when you have to be really, really inventive oh, and revolutionary. I could breathe underwater. Yeah, <laughs> Pull the other one, oh. dudes. Is that a shark? Where's my laser gun? <laughs> in this simulation? Um, so I guess that was one of the weaker ones. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also played one, I don't know if you guys did, called the London Heist. <gasps> I played I... some of the London Heist, but the move controllers failed on me, so I had to uh, stop. Yeah, they were a bit jittery at times. Yeah, um, I really liked that one. I really like that one as well. That's actually one of the best VR experiences that I've had, which is interesting that that's just in the demo pack. Yeah. For like, did you get to the escape bit on the highway Yeah, I completed it. Oh How good God. is that? So basically, there's this massive motorway it's chase. So good. And it's like, it's great, first of all, because you're driving in the UK, it's set in London, yeah. so you sat in the passenger you seat can't even on the do right side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. I really wanted you to do your southern accent while you were talking about that. You're sitting no. on the right side. No. What did you bring up? In your mechanical cowboy. Mechanical cowboy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, God. Basically, the narrative is kind of like a London heist, stealing a ruby or a diamond or whatever it is from like planning to finish to yes. the inevitable double crossing and, and the interrogation. Voice bird gets nabbed and you okay, got you're someone saying gets. I'm bad at accents. That sounds exactly like what's every like a, I've ever met. What's like a zero. UK gangster version of like getting like plugged 
or like blapsed. Blapsed. He got blapsed. Get murked. <laughs> but um, it's brilliant because there's um like it's again it's the little details I guess mm-hmm. so in that highway scene why are we calling it highway what is this America wearing your in dumb the, hat <laughs> because I'm wearing my cowboy hat um, <laughs> when you're on the motorway there's this kind of just I guess this like section where the guy's just talking to you so it's almost like a cutscene but you can obviously move around and you can like change the radio station mm. and you throw cans at his face <laughs> and he just carries on right. driving I mean again one of the bad sides of VR he doesn't respond to you being the worst passenger it's not a bad side the world because this is the problem is if you're breaking immersion that's your fault really like yeah. if you're not yeah. acting along then that is kind of your that's deal a good point. But, but it does invite you to act along actually of course. the yeah, London yeah, yeah. heist because there's another bit where you're sat in a pub and the bit with the cigar and the light the bit with the cigar and the lighter I was literally so at the beginning you're sat in the pub by yourself and all that's in front of you is an ashtray a cigar and a lighter and so you pick it up and then you like flick the lighter and you light your cigar and then the guy comes in and is just talking to you but the whole time you've got this lit cigar and you're like I'm a mafia boss Unless and you start like lifting the cigar to your face and then there's this there's this mechanic where if you lift it to your face your character takes a really deep breath and when you put it back smoke appears and That's I found cool. myself going That's it was so funny because I, I did the exact same thing where it's like I lit the cigar and it popped to my face and I was like kind of joking about mm. so I was like oh yeah that's good and then dropped it and then I like exhaled and then the game like smoke came out of me and I was like what the fuck was that was like, am I really in this you know? it's yeah. like, it's in have my- I gone too far absolutely in mine I sick? just kept lighting the cigar and then he hands you this big wad of notes I tried to light the like he was talking to me and he like does this big imposing lean over the table to tell you a little something about something and you I'm just standing there with this big stack of notes just holding a lighter under I tried I don't give a shit about your money Mickey I tried to light his tie when it was just <laughs> going over the thing. And I was like, this would be amazing if it works. It would be so funny if you could just, if it just game overed you because you just set him on fire. Yes. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'd but love that. Wouldn't that be the ultimate mafia thing to yeah. do? Just set your, just boss, set on your fire. boss on fire. I was just totally immersed getting into character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the highway scene you're talking about um, is kind of you, you get ambushed by cars and bikes and he's like, all right, take him out. So he hands you like a mini Uzi mm. and there's magazines it's, in the glove it's like compartment. Those chase scenes and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a popular like it's a lot of games. Yeah. Obviously, when it's in VR, it's a whole nother experience. Mm. As soon as I got the gun, no one had showed up yet. And I like to do this when I'm playing VR. If there's a chair near, nearby, if I'm sitting in the game, I want to sit in, yeah. in real life as well. Yes. So I knew absolutely. there's a chair behind me, so I sat down and I'm kind of looking around and I'm in this car and I'm holding an Uzi. And the first thing I do is just lean my head out the window and go. <laughs> like, yeah! I was like, like the fire rounds into the sky. Like the bad guys in Robocop. It's like the stuff you would you would always want to do when yeah. you have a gun, like be like a badass. Never and just fire give it Rory a gun. I think that's a standard rule we've all understood since first meeting Rory. Yeah. I don't think you need to clarify that. Um, but it, it's it's one of these weird things because I had it in this game as as well where you know when you're playing usually when you have this in a video game you're kind of like waiting and waiting and you know there's rounds you know there's cues when the mm. bikes will appear at certain points and I was like kind of sitting there waiting for them to come in front of me and I was like hang on a minute this is VR so I like swapped the gun to my other hand and just leaned out the window and looked mm. back behind me and you yeah. could see them coming around the back coming. and I was yeah. looking down the side of the car like firing before they even got to yeah. us and that, that just like so cool. it's little things like that like that just absolutely blow my mind mm. it, was, it was insane yeah. 
Absolutely. And like, oh, it's just, it's just so well done. And a lot of people, I think, have said, oh, VR and gaming, it's not necessarily going to work. Like, it's massively a gimmick. And I think these kind of games, and we'll get onto so many more of them that, like, we're going to go into loads of them coming up. But all these games that we've played have made me go, no, absolutely. That's just, that's people being completely cynical. Like, these are some of the best gaming experiences I've ever had yeah. in, like, over two decades of gaming. And the fact that that headset is so accessible, you know, mm -hmm. that it's so easy to just plug in and play compared to yeah. some of the other headsets. I think that's, yeah. I can that's see this really we're... being like in every household. Yeah, I think it requires a little, it needs to be a little less expensive. Like if you're thinking about what, that's 350 quid and then... Shit, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, take it, podcast <laughs> over. And, um, and like every game is 20 quid, 30 quid. Like, yeah. The expense, again, we are super lucky that we have gotten access to all this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. But, but then equally, this, oh, I mean, you know, you're saying, yes, it is very, very expensive. And it's ironic that the PSVR is one of the most affordable headsets on yeah. the market. Yeah. But like, if you look at in terms of the technology that the PSVR packs mm. versus and like the experience that you get versus what we've looked at on the Oculus and the Vive, I would say that the PSVR is far more comfortable for a start, yeah. just in terms of headset no, design. I totally agree. Because yeah. it, it holds all the weight around the crown of your head, basically, yeah. and then dangles the screen in front of you. Yeah. Whereas other ones, like the Rift, it's very front-heavy, so the the headset actually like, pushes into your nose and it's really uncomfortable, it gets really hot. Um, but also the actual, like, you know, the, the technology itself that it packs into it, it's really smart with how it uses it. Mm -hmm. So even though it's got a lower resolution than, say, like the Rift or the Vive, it doesn't feel it. It's mm. really smart with what it does with the pixels and kind of the, um, you know, it doesn't have a sliding door effect, which is where you get the the little like fine lines mm. and stuff in VR because essentially you're mashing a screen to your eyeballs. And if you did that to your smartphone, you'd go a bit blind. But you fun. don't get that. You don't get that in VR because it's, you know, it's got really, really good pixel density and it's just... It's really good. It's really funny, like, pointing out that it uses what it has really well. Mm. Like, the fact that it utilizes the move controllers, which is an antiquated piece of equipment that yeah. was discontinued and they mm. found a way to repackage it and yeah. sell it as like a necessity for like future hardware. That's incredible marketing and incredible foresight and yeah. planning. I think it's also worth saying, like a question a lot of people had is, is this worth it before PS4 Pro? Right. And we're playing it on old hardware and yeah. it works fine. Like, so I'm sure it will be brilliant on PS4 Pro. I'm sure it will run better, but we've run into no actual problems no. with yeah. it like this, which I'm really surprised by. Like, I expected yeah. some games to. Oh, I did get one crash yesterday. What? Yeah, I got one <laughs> single crash. Um, I was no. right in the middle of delivering a pizza. Getting around there, it was a whole ordeal. Let's speed through other stories. Yeah. We're yes. being slow. yeah. Did you guys do any of the other stories? Danger uh, ball. Rubbish. Danger ball. It's, it was trash. It's pong with your head. Yeah, it's uh, basically, you just look where you want the, the paddle to be. There's a luge one, which is kind of interesting. You're going down a hill on a sort of plank and trying not to run into cars. It's quite okay. scary. And then there's one about space that I don't know if any of us have. I haven't actually, you know. Why by the time I got to that one, I was pretty one. exhausted. Um, I was a little bit worried that was going to be more of the experience side as well, more than an actual interactive yeah. one. But mm. who knows? Um, so stories, again, I'd say that Worlds. London Heist one was one of my favorite. Damn it, Worlds. Worlds was one of my favorite uh, VR experiences so Interesting. far. Driving in that car, man. Driving in that car. <laughs> just wrecking that. people. Um, Job Simulator. Job now, Simulator was fun. It is, was amazing. This is technically an old game. It I, is because I've been it was playing on, it on our Vive. 
Yeah, it was on Vive and I think Oculus as well. You know, it's been around for a while because, you know, you can see playthroughs and things on the internet. It's very much in the portal style Mm. of like kind of fun robot comedy. I really hope that's a genre. (laughs) Kind of fun (laughs) robot comedy. There's actually another one of those on this list in the form of Headmaster, which we'll get onto. Uh, But it's great. It's basically um, set in the future where everyone is just like floating computers. Mm. And um, what it does is it's a VR experience that allows you to live out the life of everyday jobs from the past. So you can do like desk work worker, garage worker, um, like fast food, uh, fast food guy, store, I think convenience flat. store as well. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just, it's a really clever way of making a very simple game entertaining, yeah. where it's just like, just being at a desk and like photocopying things and yeah. like turning on your computer and well, stuff. It's the, but it's all done with a really hilarious narrative. The, you have your companion. That's it. The core joke is essentially robots don't really understand what human jobs were. So yeah. they sort of simulated them as they expect them to be. So your awesome example earlier, which I'd never seen before, is someone asks you to burn a CD. And the only way to succeed is to put a CD in the toaster. Yeah, because like, they didn't I mean, fully understand what, what that meant. Because yeah, I put it in the player and I was playing yeah. it and I was like, brilliant. But then the little tick didn't come up. And he was like, you're going to need some heat for that. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, Job Simulator is a weird one because it's a really cool game that I've played previously. And I think it's the only game I've played so far that suffers for being on PlayStation VR as opposed to one of the other formats. Yeah. Because... Actually, I don't think it is on Oculus yet because Oculus Touch isn't out. So it's only on Vive. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, But on Vive, because you've got 360-degree tracking, the the game is built in 360-degree environments. You're meant to be turning everywhere. I had this problem a while. I found that as well. And in Job Simulator, with using the PlayStation camera, if you turn away, your motion controllers lose tracking. I actually found that was the one game I played that crashed on me. So one, it crashed, and two, there were points where, I think there was a bit where I was in the convenience store and I was trying to make a hot dog for a customer Mm -hmm. and I had to turn to my left and open the freezer to pull out a hot dog. And oh my God, whenever I turned to my left and would try and open the door, I couldn't even... Even like I couldn't reach the door. It was like I I genuinely felt drunk. Like this frustration of <laughs> just like just literally ah, like whacking your hands like that, trying to pull it out. And like yeah. it just because it, it wasn't reading the fact that yep. I was moving to the left, because obviously the camera's only in one space. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's a shame. It is yeah, and it is a shame because it does take away it slightly from what mm-hmm. is otherwise a great game. Like it's harder to recommend on PSVR than it is on Vive, which is annoying. Like yeah. that's a shame. It's, I had one of my like weirdest moments yesterday playing this game which was I stayed a little bit late um, after work. How late were we talking? Oh, God, too late. I didn't know what was the real world and what was the VR world. <laughs> well, you were talking about that on the tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, so I was playing Job Simulator and I was working in this fast food restaurant. I was getting really into it. I was nailing all these orders. And it's like, I didn't want to go home yet because, like, I didn't have any food in my house and I couldn't be bothered, like, cooking anything. I thought you were so going because I hadn't clocked off in the game. Well, like, so instead of, like, going home and, like, cooking myself dinner, I was like, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to stay here and cook food for other people in VR. So it's like at one point I was like cooking hot dogs and like pizzas and stuff. And I was like, what am I doing? I need to go home and eat in real life. It was so weird. It was so weird. We're getting into like surrogates territory here. It's like they've masked these really mundane activities in such an entertaining like game. Yeah, exactly. But I was like having a blast just doing all these stupid things. It is just real life, but more fun. Yeah, that's genuinely job simulator. Yeah, there's like no consequences. And it's like, unlike some of the other experiences we've been talking about, like uh, London Heist is incredibly realistic. So it's like Batman, they've really tried to go for like high fidelity graphics. Whereas like Job Simulator, it's just polygons. Yeah, and like, got like you big, know, like Mickey Mouse hands. Yeah, hands, you know, which is really fun. Really cartoonish and yet just as immersive. Yeah, it's yeah like, that's a really it, good it kind point, of shows actually. that with VR, it's not about 
how graphically amazing it is. It is just about creating an experience that genuinely makes you not want to eat. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, that like, yeah, even though it was like a really cartoony visuals, yeah. like it was not, didn't take away from the immersiveness at all. Well, I've, I've, it's really interesting. I think I've talked to you about this before. A friend of mine, Steve Hogarty, who used to work at PC Games N, did this very short-lived, I think it was only two episodes, but they are brilliant and well worth looking for, called The Oculus Rift Internet Show. And it was just him... A lot of it was just talking about like the experience of using one of these things mm. when it was quite an early on, uh, you know, deal. But he did these two episodes with two experiments, and so in one experiment he tested what it was like to sleep in Half Life Two. So he goes to City Seventeen and just finds a corner where no one's going to attack him and just goes to sleep in his headset. And there, you know, the little eye bots in uh, Half Life Two that f- come around and flash at you, yeah. like take pictures of you. He was just asleep, and then suddenly one of these would come over and just flash at him. You'd be like, <gasps> and just wake up in City Seventeen. So apparently that was really weird. Weirder than that, that's cool. Is he went into Skyrim, sat down in a tavern, put a meal in front of him, and then ate a real meal in real life, and he. Gen- so like, cool. He genuinely, that you can watch this, it's so cool, because he goes in being, sort of making a joke of it all, and being like, oh, I'm just going to, all he had in the house was melons, so in the game it's like <laughs> meat and potatoes, and in real life he's just eating melons, and so he's making fun of it, and he sits down and starts doing it, he's like, actually this is really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really it's Melons for everyone! Yeah. But it's all about tricking the senses, it goes yeah. back to the cigar of, you know, taking the deep yeah. breath in, going... And then the smoke appearing in real life, mm. like just the sense of, you know, that's, you know, you have your sight or they, whether it's like hearing or if it's like touch, when you have that extra level of, you know, he was using taste, just as if you can mirror as much as possible what you're doing in VR, mm. it's amazing. Or like getting into character, like there's a bit where you get tortured and like just for the joke of it, I was like sitting there and I was swaying slightly from side to side, like pretending to be a person who was a bit woozy after just being punched in the face. And suddenly it made it feel really, really real and I stopped doing it because I got a bit scared because he had a blowtorch. <laughs> there is a bit, it's like, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, in one of these games where I essentially got stabbed in the chest and it happened yeah. so quickly that like my body was kind of reacted and in, as yes. if it did happen in like a way I've never felt before. Like Absolutely. it's because it, it was just like one of these things where it's like, oh for goodness, and then it's like happens, and I was yeah. like, oh, and I like yeah. felt like cold in my chest, and I was like, yeah. what was that? It was like a really weird absolutely. experience. It was like, absolutely insane. Think, a, sorry. sorry. Well, there's the same thing in in the kitchen demo, which was the the res- were you going to say the same thing? I wasn't, but yeah, yeah. that's. But like the the Resident Evil way before we heard about like Resident Evil Seven and stuff, like this was a early precursor to that, and you're it'll, tied. It'll to It'll be a, a demo for the first time publicly available as a demo. Uh, when it? PSVR comes out. Amazing. I highly recommend idea. going to check it out, although not if you're the faint-hearted, because it's it's absolutely terrifying. But there's this bit where you're stabbed in the leg. And genuinely, even though there's nothing attached to your leg, it's not like your leg is wearing a virtual reality headset. Your leg is in real life. It's only your face that's in VR. But like as soon as you're Which stabbed. Means if you get stabbed in the face, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, take care of those eyeballs. But yeah, my entire leg just convulsed, did like it's a weird. kick. Yeah. The first time I ever used Oculus Rift, like two, three ages ago, um, 
It was... It's uh, like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Where pop out with the headset yeah. on. Hello. <laughs> I'm an adult now. It's, I'm actually still a baby and you're in my VR experience. Well, um, all right, Truman Show. All right. Oh, I should tell Everyone's you about, robots. Um, I should tell you about the Elon Musk thing after this. Yes. It's so funny. Um, but the first time I ever used Oculus Rift, uh, I was playing uh, Strike Suit Zero, which is, and that involves you sitting down in a cockpit. I was playing standing up. I looked down, saw my character legs and fell backwards because my body just went what is going on because <laughs> yeah. your um, body was like you should be sitting down yeah, why are you not yeah, this That's doesn't amazing. make sense cognitive dissonance and yeah it was really cool um, I enjoyed really cool. that um, tell your Elon Musk story yeah. oh the Elon Musk one it's just kind of come out that he kind of like strongly believes in the the simulation hypothesis which is that essentially the matrix does exist and we've all been like programmed to believe this reality as our own existence but it's not actually true and then there was like loads of stuff that came out about it because they were talking about it, i think it's silicon valley and there's this amazing quote um from someone out there that actually said that in silicon valley there's two tech billionaires who've gone so far as to secretly engage scientists to work on breaking us out of the simulation oh. <laughs> insane is that? Yes. Where do you start? Wait, I was just about to say, where, where do you, do you even start? begin with? I'm just taking hammers to all the walls. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's insane. I'm gonna break the fourth wall. I don't know where it is. <laughs> it was like, it was actually a really interesting theory because I think it came from, like, it was a comparison to video games, whereas like, a lot of video games to save CPU, what they'll do is, everything that's you can focus on in a player's sight. That's what's rendered at like mm. full resolution, and then everything else kind of like drops lower. So it's like a basic. It's like whenever map. you look in the distance yeah. in a in a game, like outside a window, it yeah. always looks shit. Exactly, because it only and has you to can process see the trees can... kind of like bursting into life yeah. from the distance. Yeah, um, but apparently, uh, if this is true or not. Um, if you when I think it's like when light isn't perceived up close, it's like shown as like uh, waves. But if you actually, when it's examined up close by humans, it's shown as particles. Uh, and the whole theory uh, is that, like, the simulation would take way too much CPU to process the particles at all times. So it has to just form waves when, like, we're not looking directly at oh, them. Wait, Madness. Wait, now we're, anyway, getting, we're getting into um, the point now where we're talking about virtual reality, which is a reality in supposedly, if we're talking about this, this is constructed reality. This is like inception this in is real the, life. This is the idea. Elon Musk has said, like, it's entirely possible that we are multiple levels into Yeah, a what simulation. if the thing that created us is, is, is in a, a VR itself. headset? Whoa. You know what the coolest thing was? What? If that actually is true, then that means then that- Then there's no consequences to anything I do. <laughs> well, look, that means that like those scientists- Rory with his Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> Get the I, just back. Walk, Get the I just walk into a spa and just go, right, I'm running this store now. <laughs> hot dogs, hot dogs, hot dogs. <laughs> Squirting everywhere. Um, no, it means that those scientists were programmed to question the reality. Isn't that weird? Because then they would have been created to question the creation. Well, they were just given free will. Or that, mm. or that. Are we not just like questioning off, I feel God? like we're getting off topic a little bit here. Yeah, right, uh, back to- Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Until Dawn Rush of Blood. I didn't Let's play this one because I like not being insane. Sanity. I think almost all of us disliked it, basically, mm. but not because it's a bad game. Mm. Let's give an example of mm. what Until Dawn Rush of Blood can do to a person, <laughs> which is, Breach soundproof walls. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it can do. Yeah. Uh, screams were heard down through the office that sent multiple people running into the room, assuming that Alicia had died. Um, or at least mauled. 
herself. Um, it was terrible. You actually, I've never seen this before. I saw a human crumple in fear, yeah. like fall off her chair well, and it. like shrivel up. So like when you broke the move controller, she took off the headset <laughs> and curled up under, under a table in a ball <laughs> and didn't get up for like... 10 seconds? You're going, it's all a simulation. Because we were it's all, all a simulation. Everyone was laughing, and then there was this moment where, like, the the hive mind in the room suddenly went, something's probably actually definitely wrong. <laughs> so just didn't all the move. laughter died, and we were just like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> in fetal position. Basically, so, so uh, if you've not heard of Until Dawn Rush of Blood, it's a ghost train. But literal. Not, like, a literal ghost train. So when you look down, you can see your body so it feels very real very planted obviously you're playing it you know in sitting down in a chair and as you move around you've got two guns and you're meant to be shooting at different things that appear and you know but the trouble is it's not just little targets that appear it's also clowns wielding axes and ghost girls who scream in your face and walking corpses and Mm people with chainsaws and so it's quite terrifying when you're literally basically strapped mm. down not able to move except in your hips and when you're wearing it with the the vr headset you have 360 sound so if something's creeping up on you from behind you can hear it and you obviously have to turn to shoot it but by the time you turn around it's, it's normally in your face yeah so imagine turning around with this psycho <laughs> eyeball to eyeball with you it's absolutely terrifying I so I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, Just turning to your right. Yeah. Hey, Rory. Yeah. It's a game built on the idea of the jump scare. Like yes. that's its entire premise trick. Yeah. Like that's all it does to you is, yeah. oh, you're looking over that way. Something's going to come from over here and scare you. Which, does that ever come across as a bit cheap? It's totally yes, cheap. Absolutely. And, and it will work. Some people love that and some people hate that. Yeah. I hate jump scares. Yeah, like they, same. I'm, not only am I scared of them, that when I stop being scared, I get angry because it is just a trick. Yeah. yeah. And so when I was playing yesterday, I the gunplay is actually really satisfying. And I mm. like the mechanic of you kind of shoot yeah. these boxes on the floor to get new weapons. So you can kind of mix and match your two guns and mess around that way. Yeah. But when it comes to being constantly fucked with. Yeah. I just stopped enjoying myself and yeah. it just yeah. got tedious. And the trouble is because for me, the thing that I hate about jump scares is not necessarily the jump scare itself, it's the anticipation of the jump yes. scare. Yeah. And so you're constantly in this, it really builds you up and then the jump scares start happening. But the thing is, the jump scares happened, but the anticipation of the next jump scare is still there hmm. because they just keep on coming. So you have this really weird thing that I've never had before where you are still screaming at the thing that has just jump scared you, but you don't have the tension of going, like release of going, oh, okay, but at least that's it just gone yeah. down. Hmm. Then it's just like this constant barrage. So the, and the bit where, um, cause my, you have a very much a bodily response. So the reason why I fell off my chair when I was playing it was because I was trying to kind of like, curl myself protectively like dual wield everything but you like, can't do this in a sheriff's hat by the way you just look like the Texan from the Simpsons <laughs> But as I was kind of like shooting, I kind of like shifted my weight forward and these chairs that we're sat in, like basically it tipped. Yeah. But obviously in the game, you're on a very level kind of thing. Mm. So basically my whole body just went, what is going on? There's a man with a chainsaw. The floor is moving when it's not meant to. I fell forward and then the headset kind of fell off. And then you just have this thing of it's almost like being birthed into reality oh my again. God. Where I was just sat there, like still kind of hearing the sounds of the chainsaw. Yeah. Because the head 
thought set was still on, looking at all of you guys staring down at me on the floor with this look of like, what are you doing? <laughs> just, it was the weirdest experience. It's very strange. Like, and like I say, there are going to be people who like it. Like, it's it's not. It's by no means a bad game. It's mm. just not for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think people who are into paranormal activity style horror stuff. Yes. They'll find it great. Like, it's the levels are quite long. Yeah. Actually, the one unin what well, one unexpected side effect of it is that I now know how good a roller coaster game would be on VR. Like, there are bits on the level I played where you're going like full tilt down hills See, and I like, didn't like that I, that really made me feel motion that. sick that genuinely made me feel motion really? sick because I couldn't because you're going downhill and you're feeling the rush and you're moving from side to side but your seat's not rumbling yeah. you don't have like the feedback and that for me made me feel quite sick but it, it didn't too no like my stomach was dropping and like, oh, nice. I just really enjoyed it That's I was cool. just having a great time and stuff to dodge without the actual mm. yeah. horror of losing your head I had a, I had a really weird experience with What's the drive? It was um, Project Drive Club. Drive Club. Drive Club. Not Project Drive Club. Not Project Drive Club. Um, where basically they have a really cool mode in it, which again would be boring in a normal game, but it's essentially you can pick a location from anywhere in the world you want. Um, you can set the time of day you want, what the weather you want to be like, um, and you can just do like a free roam race. So there's no timing or anything like that. So obviously I picked like sunset in the Japan mountains by like Mount Fuji. So I was driving around there. And at one point, you're just like on this cliffside looking over the mountain. And there's like cherry blossom trees and like some shrines. And the sun's like setting just behind the mountain. Oh, and I literally parked my car like right along the side and just stood up and just looked around. And the breeze is coming in. You just have this moment. You're like, this is supposed to be a racing game. And yeah. I'm like having this experience. That's awesome. That's really cool. It was, it was insane. Like it was just such an important moment. And then, of course, I was like, after a few minutes, I was like, okay. You really, you know, you take that deep breath. You're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I held the trigger not realizing I was now standing in the car that was about to go like 30 miles per hour. So I just went vroom, and I was like, <gasps> I almost fell over like standing in the studio. And it's so weird to think that like nothing had changed. Like imagine if you're watching me and I was just standing there and I just went, whoa! <laughs> like, it would have been the weirdest thing in the world. But then of course I spent the next three minutes driving while standing up, like almost just like to challenge myself. Yeah. But that's a cool one because again, if you sit in a chair and you, you know, you kind of mess around with the view a bit. So it really feels like, you know, you're dead center in that like racing car. Mm. Man, that's immersive. It is really that's immersive. Really cool. That's cool. And that's a really fun thing where I think people are gonna see genres of games really open up to them that they weren't mm. interested in before. Because yeah. I don't care about driving yeah. games that much at all. But this, like, when I would absolutely, that was one of the most impressive the ones. Seats. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, that's going to be a big game changer. Awesome. Uh, but moving on, Joe, you played Thumper. Oh, God, I love Thumper. I've, I've been really seeing you like play Thumper. this at your desk a yeah. lot, right? This yes. is the insane one. Yeah, so Thumper is, um, well, it's the first game on the list not designed specifically for VR. It's coming out on PS4 and PC as well, mm. um, just yeah. regularly. And I recommend it in all forms. I think it's fucking incredible. It's a rhythm action game in the style of um, things like Audio Surf, that kind of like old school, you're on a track and you're avoiding obstacles or hitting particular points on the track to a beat. So you're essentially creating the song by driving through these environments. Gotcha. The difference with Thumper is that, you know, there are like people call things like rhythm heaven or rhythm action. They call this rhythm hell. Um, <laughs> the, the idea is it's overwhelmingly oppressive and weird. Um, mm. I, but I think their original tagline for the game was you are a space beetle uh, driving towards an insane head from the future. And that is <laughs> as good a synopsis of the game space as you'll find. Beetle. You That's are a, still, a really cool looking I mean, chrome beetle. Beautiful beetle. Yeah, it looks incredible. I just thought you were like a race car. No, 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 you're no, like you're a little beetle. beetle. 
Yeah. You're speeding along these tracks that are building themselves through this like abstract hell where like weird tentacles are flying out of the track and you can destroy them by doing certain moves and then the end of every level which can be like almost like 20 minutes of music yeah. really intense horrible music mm-hmm. uh, like brilliant don't get me wrong mm-hmm. it's like an orchestra like conducted by satan it's incredible <laughs> um it kind of it looks who like has a synth yeah it looks like someone has smoked crystal meth and played f0x <laughs> so, like that's essentially all, all of these things apply it is just amazing looking yeah. I've never played anything like it and yeah at the end of every level me. these giant screaming heads appear from the <laughs> netherverse and try and kill you in various ways and you're shoot like hitting the rhythms shoots like laser beams yeah, at them yeah the you only know, way to defeat so them is to make sweet sweet music yeah. and I just... thought you were going to say love for <laughs> sweet sweet beetle love fuck that head's mouth um, <laughs> wouldn't it be so great if it was beetle. like <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't it be so great if it was like um, the Nintendo 3DS uh, face invaders? So it's just like <laughs> your dad and mum's face like rotating, like <laughs> shooting, shooting like, rays into it. Yeah. Um, shooting rays of disappointment. But it's so it's a fantastic game by itself. Like I would have talked about this whatever we were doing. Mm. Um, it's one of the best games of the year as far as I'm concerned. Also, uh, if you are a fan of avant-garde noise music... Mm. Um, if you've ever heard of the band Lightning Bolt, who are also terrifying and hilarious and like loud and powerful and brilliant, um, that's half of that band is the guy who did all the music for this game. Oh, amazing! Um, oh, that's cool. And he used to work at Harmonics as well, so it's got a real sense of like proper with rhythm action pedigree. That's um, cool. So is it like is it procedurally amazing. generated then? No, no, so it's ten specific set right, okay. tracks that so this guy created. So you can't like other rhythm games like load in your own tracks. No, and no, kind no. Of, okay, no, I would love that if that was the case, but it would ruin the effect. Yeah, because even in like Hotline Bling, you'd be going like ten miles per exactly, hour. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like it's designed to like there's this there's this one rhythm where you have to hold down X when you're going through these obstacles, and it basically and it's like and the dips are created when you hit the obstacle but obviously they're spaced out designed in the level to be spaced at exactly the right point so it makes the dip as you go through and that is in time with the background track so it's so satisfying it's got to be really well designed there's this one rhythm I just I was over lunch I was playing World 4 and there's this one rhythm that's he uses motifs this is my favourite thing is you'll be playing and it's getting harder and harder and harder but it will always return to the same sets of rhythms oh, or tunes amazing. like it's beautifully orchestrated and there's this one rhythm in world 4 which is something like dung 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 and every time it comes up i'm just having the fucking time of my life because <laughs> i've mastered that rhythm yeah. and it sounds incredible and it's the reason it's happening is because of me so it's in it's like it's satisfying yeah. mutually oh i really want to play this now it sounds really so good, good. It's, it's like so when you good. like have a really good solo in guitar hero and you feel like you can actually mm. play exactly like you're a rock star yeah. like that kind of payoff so but with a really fun like uh. It's a really good stress relieving relieving game. This is the weird thing, is you're the only person I've met who've said it's satisfying or like, you know, like therapeutic in some way. Yeah, what did that say about me? The netherverse hellscape is my way to relax. I find it uh, really thrilling and really intense. Um, I wouldn't say it's relaxing. Like after I finished a world, which can take like 20 minutes, I kind of stop and go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever happens. See, I I found it the opposite. I think it's because um, of that thing of the creating the rhythm and the music. And you do have to completely empty your mind to get it done because it's very reactive because the track appears in front of you as you're playing. And like sometimes it only gives you a split second to see the next obstacle. Mm. So you basically have to really like, it's almost like white noise in your head. Oh, it's pure like zen. And all that exists is the track. And like... 
the rhythm. And then if you get it right and you don't make any mistakes, it's just, I find it really oh, therapeutic. No, that's true. Like, absolutely. If you, if you nail it, it's incredible. Mm. But like, you wait till we get to World 4. <laughs> yeah. um, just wait. But uh, just to get into what the VR aspect of it is, because that's an add-on. Mm. Essentially, you just sit quite much closer to the Beatle than you do in regular play. And the world sort of grows up around you and it is just incredible oh, to be in it. So when the head the head at the end yeah. rises out of the floor... The, is that the, terrifying? It's always yeah. the track kind of comes to a... It's like the top of a roller coaster. So you uh, slowly get to the top and you see this fucking head, flaming <laughs> spiky head, just emerge and take up your entire field of view. And you're just like, I'm a tiny beetle! <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I That's love it. That's a good point. Is it really a giant head or are you just a tiny beetle? It could be either. Yeah. Insane space head yeah. in the future. Relative, relative. Doesn't matter. It's Whoa. all illusion, people. Yeah. Unplug yourselves. Whatever happens, October 13th, by Thumper is a I, like, strong yeah. 100% recommendation. And really so far, it. joint highest rated VR game from IGN.com. That's good to know. Well, those are some of the VR games we've been playing with our PlayStation headset. Uh, Moving on. Oh, God. Who added this to the list? I did. I didn't even see this. Um, we should talk a little bit about it. We should talk it. a little bit about it. Oh, okay, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people who listen to the podcast also watch our Let's Play series, which is Prepare to Try. Me, Dan, and Gav powering through the Dark Souls series. Um, and to kind of celebrate the finale of season three, we hosted season an event two. in London. Dark Souls 3. Sorry, yeah, season two, Dark Jesus Souls 3. Jesus, guy, maybe I should be the noob. <laughs> um, we hosted a night where we uh, kind of screened the final episode and invited a bunch of people mm-hmm. uh, who watch it to come along and drink a lot of alcohol with oh us. Oh my god, so including much you two. Uh, that was a weird night, right? Like it was really weird. Like because we did a screening, I didn't realize. I thought we'd be kind of like mingling in the crowd. I didn't know we'd have like a little podium. Thing. Yeah, you guys had like an ivory tower at the front, so it was kind of like watching people watch me play a game. And I was like, that's... In the past. In the past. In a reality where who knows who's who actually knows watching us. It was, it was so, <laughs> so weird. True. But then we, after that, we did a live Let's Play as well, which was really fun where we went back into Dark Souls which 1. Gav does not remember. Gav does not remember. Uh, I don't remember, remember a lot of the live Let's the Play? No, because no, you did like four shots before you did it. That's yeah, hilarious. it was horrible. It, it was, was like right before we started. And it was like, all right, let's see how far we can get an hour. Oh, before we go, though, here's tequila, sambuca, like cherry sours, like all there this stuff. There are whole sections oh, of that night that I do not remember. There were people tweeting me the next day about conversations we'd had or I, things I've done. Apparently, at one point, you I killed was, that guy. I, I forgot was, about that. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, was I, was, cool. I clearly was assigned to look after drunk Gav because everyone was a bit worried about, but I don't remember being assigned to drunk Gav. So I clearly was not the right person to be deployed for this time. <laughs> I don't and know someone, who it is though. Someone tweeted me saying that the way I was looking after him was by grabbing fistfuls of his beard and yelling no in his face. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, that I was really that. fun. It's like when you need to get control of a warthog, you're grabbed by the tusks and like wrestle him, you know? And then you, you've got him and he's like, <gasps> close it and, and, and then you can hop on his back and ride him around the bar. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have got a really weird idea of how to tame warthogs. I just uh, want to flag that up. Hundreds of warthogs. Everyone. That's only one, Gav. Rory yeah. cannot tame warthogs and don't do that. And don't give me a gun. But don't give him a gun. If you ever try, I'll lend you my cowboy hat. Ah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, but it was a really, really fun night. Um, You've got some nice fans. Well yeah, done. Really nice fans. It's Fangs? It's really, like, it's kind of a mix between humbling and, I don't know. Weird? Just weird, yeah. yeah. 
Because it's like, it's obviously, it's kind of funny though, because I feel that way about other people. Like when mm. I went to see, or when we went to see Jake and Amir mm. doing like their live podcast, you know, I've listened to hundreds of hours of them mm. and you have like a split second to try and tell them how much you appreciate yeah. their show. And it just comes out like, I love you. I love, I love yeah. you. Like well, that. I had, I had this last night. I went and saw a podcast I love called Last, last Podcast on the Left. That's why I'm wearing their t-shirt today. Oh, very I cool. Because I the worst. And uh, yeah, I met some of them afterwards and it was just like I kind of wanted to go up and be like ah oh, you know your podcast means so much to me I really love it I've learned so much through it and you're awful brilliant comedian people and I kind of just went up and went it's got selfie yeah, I know <laughs> in your nice. head it's like yeah. it's all there you're gonna be the coolest guy worst yeah. of all was two people I went with like actually made friends with them and now have their phone numbers and stuff and I'm just sitting there going <laughs> that's now uh, that experience is now called uh, pulling a negri after I met Jessica Negri at Gamescom, yes. it's called Pulling a Negri. That was when you have so much that you want to say, and then in the end, you just walk up and go, You're cool. <laughs> Which, up. if you're listening to the podcast, is just the geekiest smile you can imagine and a big thumbs up. That's pretty much all I did. And I was like, Bye. It's, <laughs> it's like scuttled off like a space beetle. It's such a, it's such a weird experience. It is really weird. Um, but yeah, thank so you what so you're much saying is out. that everyone acted like that around you and that you thought they were all pathetic. A bunch geeks. of slugs, little space beetles, <laughs> not worth the shit on my boots. <laughs> Being said, if you haven't given it a shot yet, you should watch IGN's Prepare to Try series, um, which a lot of people say is good. I'm willing to take their Jesus. word for it. Um, so definitely give it a shot. That is hours and hours of content for you to watch absolutely for free. So uh, definitely check it out. Joe, you say you have a quiz for us. I'm doing a VR quiz. A magical little quiz. Yeah. So bring it in full circle. Let's Back. do this. Full circle after that. Brief interlude. Brief interlude, yeah. Of the pie chart, break. about 4% was that, that talk. I'm uh, okay, so this is just about facts about VR and its history. Okay. Since we're all obsessed right now. So this is seven questions. They're all uh, multiple choice. And let's up again. Awesome. Uh, are you going to compete or are you going to work together? I was about together? to say, uh, are we competing ooh. on this? I think it's more fun when we, when yeah, we compete. compete. Yeah. I like competing. Yeah. Okay. So is the uh, buzzer system? Wait, wait, what do we I win? I push my Pokemon we Go. We win anything. The cowboy hat. That belongs oh. to Chris. It <laughs> actually looks really cool. Actually, cowboy hat on PSVR looks great. <laughs> we should do that. I just want to like VR grab it and be like, uh, don't touch the hat. Okay, okay so are we doing buzzer system? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just okay. shout your name. Buzz. Oh, I was gonna go. Bzz. Okay. Bzz. Okay. 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 Get I'm gonna, down. I'm I'm gonna down. adjudicate this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go. I'm ready. Question one: <clears throat> What hint of a body part has to be digitally added to some games to stop players feeling sick? Is it A. The flicker of a nose, B. The flutter of an eyelash, what? or C. The squeak of a kneecap? What? Eh. Eyelash. Incorrect. Nose. Correct. Really? Yeah. Some games have to have a digital nose in your peripheries so as to center your face because That's we, so our brains paint out the fact that we can constantly see our nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we actually can. That's a bit weird. That now I'm really thinking odd. about it. <laughs> Just going cross-eyed. Yeah. Jesus. Can you both go cross-eyed? Yeah, can you not? Can you not? Yeah. Right, wait, wait. Let's teach Jade no, how to No, I've done this before. It doesn't work. My Do, muscles So when work. you look at your I'm finger. in the middle of a quiz. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, woman! <laughs> Computer scientist Jaron Lanier coined the term virtual reality in 1987. But what other job does he have? A. Michelin-starred chef. Ooh. B. Classical composer. Ooh. Or C. Swimwear model. Bzz. 
classical composer. Correct. God damn it. One all. No. Two one. Two, two, one. Two, two, one. No, yeah. two nil. Two, two nil. Oh, yeah. You God keep scores. It. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> three. The first VR slash AR setup was so imposing looking that it was called A, the Sword of Damocles. Wow. B, the Minotaur's Labyrinth. Or C, Richard Nixon's Guts. <laughs> Sword of Damocles. Correct. God damn it. <laughs> I was going to say that one. It was um, the headset for this setup was so heavy that it had to be suspended from the ceiling. So you had to kind of go under it and stick your face into it because it was uh, that's freakish. Crazy. And put a jack in the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Question for... Sega cancelled production of a VR headset in 1991 because it made people sick and have headaches. But why did Sega say they... they ca- there. But why did Sega say that they cancelled it? It's not going to be edited out, but I'm going to redo it anyway. <laughs> a. It was, in quotes, too realistic. B. It was, in quotes, too futuristic. Or C. It was, in quotes, literally a paedophile. Uh. Too futuristic. Incorrect. Oh, god damn it. Uh, li- was again. I was a- not a pedophile. It's the other one. It's A. <laughs> too realistic. I mean, I was literally, I was about to say that the literally a pedophile is so weird as a quote. Maybe it's real. No, obviously oh. it's not. I think they said the headset was, they created a pedophile by accident. I don't know. 1991 was a weird year. It spawned both of us. You know what? You could quite easily look through the pattern of these questions and realise that the third one is always a dumb joke. Oh, really? Squeak of a kneecap, a swimwear model, Richard Nixon's guts, or literally a pedophile. It's not yeah, like great. Professor we- Utonium added Chemical X to a, like, a VR headset <laughs> and created like, a Powerpuff pedophile. <laughs> What a weird... Yeah, I don't know how we got to this point. Uh, That's a point for me. Well done. done. No, it's not a point for you. No, I got it. You both got it a second time. You can't buzz a second second time. time. You got it incorrect. Look, I don't care. Question five. Okay. What is the name of the first VR-focused pornographic company? A. Bounce. Wow. Could be one. (laughs) A. Hubber Realities. B. Badoink VR. Oh, I'm subscribed to them. Or C, Teledildonics Solutions Incorporated. A. Incorrect. B. Badoink VR. Badoink VR. What a shit name. Um, Teledildonics is actually a thing, by the way. Teledildonic? Like, tele... It's like things that... (laughs) Don't try and make sense out of it. It's, (laughs) It's basically like the... The act of making virtual sexual pleasure. For real. That's the thing, teledildonics. That's, That's what Badoink VR specialise in. Mental. I would call it the VR of sex. No. That's better, though. I'm trying <laughs> to think of, like, puns. I'm ignoring that. Okay. Question six. A primitive form of VR was called Sensorama, which featured six short films. They were Motorcycle, Belly Dancer, Dune Buggy, Helicopter, A Date with Sabina, and... Dot, dot, dot. A. Oh, okay. Let's Dance Like Teens. B. I'm a Coca-Cola bottle. Or C, watch a man die. For real. B. A. Well, you didn't buzz. I did. I went buzz. You didn't. Didn't You just I? said B. Did I? You you kind of, but you he did the motion of doing a buzzer. You buzzed and got it wrong. It is B. You oh. still get the point. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Are we even now? I feel like we're even now. Uh, well, I think we For should. all the sense of purposes, let's say yes. It depends Tension's on whether high. we accept 
whether Rory got it correct. We on did. The we don't question. accept. We did. We did. <laughs> I'm overruling. It's, it's three all. Yes. Steve Alt. All right, let's do this. Nintendo's Virtual Boy was so short-lived that it had one built-in feature that was simply never used. What was it? I'm genuinely interested in knowing what this is. A, a port for multiplayer link cables. B, an expansion slot for color games. Or C, a revolver-like chamber of bullets. No! I buzzed, I buzzed first. You did Uh, buzz. B. I was going to say A. Expansion slot for color games? Yeah. Incorrect. Oh, no! It was a port for multiplayer link cables. God, because that's what they need to simplify it. (laughs) Another virtual perspective. You need another virtual boy. Connected by wires, the thing that already can't move. Yeah, Virtual Boys are shit. You ever used one? Uh, no. They're I've really unpleasant. To. I've always wanted it's to... as hellish as Thumper. <laughs> and un- unintended. Uh, as far as my, like, uh, you know, gaming um, artifacts go, I've always wanted... I've always wanted to at least try Virtual Boy. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted a Rob the Robot. And I almost got one. I was so close. And I... Uh, Sorry. How didn't you get it? Is this uh, eBay? No, no, no. I found one in a charity shop in Newport, Wales, like of all places. And I went up and I was like, there's a chance they don't know what this is. So right, I was right. kind of like asking about stuff and I was like, and how much is that? Like that dusty old robot in, in the <laughs> corner there? And he was like, oh, the Rob. And I was like, God damn it. He knows exactly what it is. And then it was like, it was like 150 pounds or something Stupid. crazy like that. Um, and a power glove. I've always wanted a power glove as well. That would be awesome. Power yeah. gloves are cool. I, I think they have one of those in the San Fran office, which is insane. They have I would just work. Oh, yeah, they might, yeah. They, they have everything have... over there. Sorry, they, they have a beer tap, in that, which we only found out today because someone emailed around and CC'd the UK office in. Yeah. Say that the beer tap in the San Francisco IGN office was broken. You cruel like, fuck! You, you have a beer tap, even a broken also, one. Also, someone That's forgot amazing. to polish the golden throne as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Guys, feedback. I've misplaced my power glass. Oh, actually, before we go on to feedback, let's do a little VR roundup. So I've got some of the uh, specs for the three different headsets, oh, which yeah. would be nice to go through. Yeah, we've really talked about shot. it a lot, and it'd be nice to see how they compare to the other headsets. Yeah. So first off... This digital foundry. What? Yeah. What? Exactly. Oh, Bringing the, the, the cold hard facts <laughs> in be a fun, fun way. You guys can do theme music underneath no, if you want to. No, I'm not contributing to your boring. So, in terms of display resolution, PSVR uh, comes in at 960 times 1080 per eye. Oculus and Vive both beat it at a 1080 times 1200, which you can see a bit. There's points where I can literally see the pixels in the dark, you know, it does make a little bit of a difference, but not enough to really take you out of it. In terms of weight, the PlayStation VR is actually heavier. Uh, it comes in at uh, 1.3 pounds, whereas the Vive is 1.22, and the Oculus is 1.03. So the Oculus is actually lighter. Although I find the Vive headset more polished, more, you know, it looks more finished than the others. It kind of still look like development kits. And then finally, the price. This is in pounds. Sorry, folks, feel free to convert. The PSVR is the cheapest at $399, although you will need to purchase the PlayStation camera as well to capture the movements. Then you have the Oculus coming in at 600 and finally the Vive at 800 Obviously, you might have to ship out a little bit more money for the second two because you're going to need the computing power to use that hardware. And that rounds up IGN's VR section. I hope you have enjoyed. Let's move on to some podcast feedback very, very quickly and excitedly. Uh, just, to, just so you're aware, throughout that, <laughs> Joe has slowly been placing everything that was on the desk on his head and is now garroting himself with the cable wire uh, of not the, the PSVR. He doesn't have the whip, actually. Headset. I've got the whip. 
So, Joe, why don't we... the worst things we've ever done on Why don't podcast? we whip things into shape? Why did you do that? It's good. It's a little... It was actually like, genuinely basis. interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's important what? stuff Crushed for people down into to know. Info. Why did I, I do the specs of the headsets? Why did you try and asphyxiate yourself <laughs> with the connection wires More to fun. a PSVR? All right. More fun. You're up, Joe. Oh. I hope this is more fun. I'm sorry to shit on your feature, it was nice. From Lexi Dyer. I want to ask for some expert help. I've set up a gaming club at school, much to the annoyance of several teachers. Sticking to moods. But need to get some more multiplayer games for the students to use that don't need us to connect to the internet. Can you suggest any good multiplayer games slash games with multiplayer functions that I can use in gaming club? Now, Mm, here's an interesting thing. Lots of games on PS4 and Xbox One will not even function without the internet connected. Yeah. So, does she know that? Number one, Wii U. Yeah. That is multiplayer heaven. Uh, I would recommend the game Spin the Bottle, but it has negative connotations uh, that are unwarranted, but does require physical contacts. Don't do that. Mario Kart. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Affordable Space Adventures. Brilliant. Nintendo Land. Fantastic. Although it might cause fights. Uh, What else is amazing on Wii U? There's so many good multiplayer bits. And Uh, Super Mario Bros. is a great Wii U game. uh, Yeah. Uh, Multiplayer. In fact, yeah. uh, New Super Mario Bros. and um, Super Mario World 3D. Yeah. Both brilliant. And for more short-scale experiences... <gasps> oh, uh, Smash Brothers and Pocket yeah. Fighters. I, love I mean, it's, it's really hard to think of things on this current console generation. I can think of PlayStation 3 games that, you know, you could do local multiplayer on and split-screen gaming. But, like, what there was, a, there was a game this week even that it was announced that it wasn't doing split-screen. For Honor. For Honor, yes. Dropped it. Which they've been saying for ages. They were like, that's a really it's vital... a key feature. A key feature. Um, for Honor's are basically an up-and-coming samurai slash, is it Viking? Is it Viking, samurai, and knights. Knights, fighting together and yeah and they've dropped split screen and it just seems to be a thing that they're not doing anymore but it's a it, shame because this sounds like a really worthwhile gaming club at school you yep. want to get people all gaming together on one console mm-hmm. it's that kind of setup that this is damaging if the console can be connected to the internet but you don't want internet connected games so you can play them still then I would recommend uh, Towerfall one of the best ever local multiplayer games genuinely Although it is violent, so maybe not. I don't know. Depends how young the kids are. I think you guys are forgetting about the greatest multiplayer game of all time, Go which on. is, in fact, <gasps> Rocket League. Rock- Get your kids playing yeah, but it's Rocket not League. as good in split screen. It's fantastic. I, it's okay in split Their kids, screen. they have tiny little eyes. That's true. You know they I mean? can see less. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rocket League's amazing. Um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is incredible yes, if you haven't played that. Absolutely. And another one, which we did a Let's Play on recently, is called Overcooked. Oh, Overcooked. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Overcooked. Oh, Stickbold as well, which yeah. we played yes. endlessly. There's a lot of little fun mini games. As Joe yeah. said, you might need the internet to download them or update them, but uh, you can totally play them offline. So just unplug that mm-hmm. router and disconnect from the Wi-Fi before you get started and it should be fine. But Sweet. basically, what we've just done is solved all of Lexi Dyer's problems. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lexi, let us know how the gaming club goes and what the kids think of the games and what games she chose. How will she let us know, Alicia? She will send us an email at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Brilliant. Our next email says, I was playing an indie game called Aragami, which you should definitely check out. And I'm a kid who was meant to be incredible. It's like cell shaded Tenchu. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um and a kid who was probably around seven or eight was watching me play. 
No. Is this not a is this not I don't a know. I, I think game? it's quite violent. Uh, well, he says I was going through the tutorial and I got to the part where I was about to kill someone from behind, and I noticed the kid was still watching me play. I felt a bit uncomfortable stabbing someone in the back while he was watching, <laughs> so I ended up leaving the demo. After I left, uh, he jumped on and promptly delivered the final blow. <laughs> the funny thing is, I probably played Tekken in Mortal Kombat when I was his age, mm. and I know I played Vice City when I was about eleven. Noy. So I don't know. How do you guys feel about it's young people playing young games or old games? I my reason for not wanting them to play violent games is mainly based in jealousy because I was not allowed. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't either, actually. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed to play anything until the mm. correct stickered age, which led to the brilliant experience of my dad um, buying me Duke Nukem 3D on PlayStation 1 for Christmas, noticing that it had an 18 sticker on it just before Christmas, putting it in a cupboard. This is when I was about 10 Oh. Putting it in a cupboard until I was actually 18 and then giving it to me. Oh, that's, that's actually horrible. <laughs> that 18 sticker was a crimson bullet hole through my dreams. I had the same thing with um, Goldeneye. Really? Seven Goldeneye. But I think it was a, it was a 12, I believe. I thought it was a 15. No, I, it think, it was a, I think it was a 12. Um, but I was the same. My parents bought it for me, then realized that it was... Um, it was too gory for me. Yeah. I think they... <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I think they let me play it because they were like, all right, we'll see if you can handle it. So I was like, oh, amazing. I played a day of it. Uh, that night, I had nightmares all, all night <laughs> about shooting people and killing them. Um, so they took it away from me. And then I got it like whenever I turned, whoops, whenever I turned 12. Superb. For, yeah. What's the first overage thing that you played? See, I, Ooh. like, my parents didn't care about age rating stuff. I just, Explains like. That's why you're the morbid, horrible animal Absolutely. that has. <laughs> is I'm a well-rounded human <laughs> being. <laughs> Why yeah. was that a Jimmy Savile impression? <laughs> that is one of the most disturbing so, possible things you could do. See, that's actually my real voice. <laughs> I just shit. let that through at that point. No, I, I actually, I played loads of really weird games as a kid growing up that my parents just kind of gave to me thinking that that was a thing that should be given to children. Wow. But like, <laughs> but like... Uh, because I started off being really scared of them. Even like as a really small example, um, I was playing Tekken when I was maybe like six. And there was a final boss who I actually don't even know the real name of because I've not played the game since. But it's like the penultimate boss that you fight. And he's purple and he flies in the sky and he has laser beams. That oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Is it, what's Ogre his name? or Devil? It's not Ogre, because Ogre, I think, came after him. Devil um, Jun? Maybe, potentially. He terrified the crap out of me. And I'd be, like, always, like, I'd get, like, sweaty palms before I went in. And, like, but I never really understood fully what was going on. Like, I never really, like, it was just kind of a thing in a game. And I wonder whether, potentially, that's just a thing of as well as being a 90s kid, where we were playing games that did, they were perhaps a little bit more because they had the polygon graphics and they're not as realistic and stuff. I think some of the games that we've been talking about today in terms of the Until Dawn Ghost Train and like you know, Batman VR and stuff like that, I think that we're getting to the point where maybe this is me being retrospective, but I think that age labels should potentially be given a bit more credence now to the games that we were playing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's just a whole different experience. Well, they've been talking about what to do with VR for kids anyway, because like the effect of it is so much more intense. Then they can be really bad on developing eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like genuinely people used to think that VR could give you brain damage and stuff. Like it was legit. 
Um, so get your kids strapped in. Yeah. Let's show up some sights. I think with like with this case, I think it's generally safest to edge on the side of caution. Mm. I generally tend to do the same thing you would do. You know, if it's something inappropriate and the kid shouldn't really be watching it. I would take them away from it, take the source away from them, but equally respect parents and the children themselves. And if they feel like their kids can cope with it or the kids feel like they can cope with it, then that's their place and time and let them do it. Yeah. Make all those horrible mistakes that scarred us and or, made us the bitter humans that we are exactly. today. Or punch the kid hard enough in the eyes that his corneas detach and can't see your horrible events. Yeah. And you teach him a thing or two about real violence. How about that? And then you go, I just saved your life, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's tense over there. Don't and then don't show him. Which, <laughs> yeah, which can't see, motherfucker. Takes us nicely on to our final bit of feedback really? about superhero mo- moments. Oh, you know, talking yeah. about saving people. Joe Puncher kid. This mm-hmm. is from James Sandal, who says, in reference to your discussion on superhero moments, I had a similar superhero moment as Joe at a family event at a park in Man. Wait, can we go over the fact that my superhero moment was trying to save someone from being bullied and being head? But it's so hard that I that I got concussion. So let's let's preface this. That's honourable. It was honourable, just shit. <laughs> Well, this guy says, at a family event at a park in Manitoba, Canada, a seven-year-old big kid started bullying my three-year-old friend who was half what? his size. That's just a Three-year-old? You don't beat up a three-year-old. Three-year-old. Even like when you're seven. I mean, that's a big age difference. My four-year-old chitlin self had had enough, and I walked over to challenge the big bully. A fight shortly broke out, and I quickly realized the ballistic advantage. Because everyone in it was so short. Of a Christmas. I just imagine like a four-year-old refining. He's like finally had enough, and he like takes out his little four-year-old switchblade and like walks over, and he's like, well, he's just way, got two bell songs. It's the way he says the ballistic advantage of a closed fist, as if he can like Rayman detach his fist and just send it as a projectile. Um, we both took blows, and I gave him a few shots in the kidneys before our parents broke up the fight. After you know what a kidney was. You're four. <laughs> Anatomically, yeah. Like, I just know it hurts more when I hit him there. I got him in his food stomach and a couple of times in the ear holes. It's like, you're a baby. You don't know anything. <laughs> Why are you bullying this person I now? don't know. I was I doing know. a heroic Because it was action. me. I was the one beating the shit out of that in three Manitoba, holes. Yeah. Canada. This is in Canada. Afterwards, I earned the respect of my friends, parents, and a high five from my dad. A super That is day. noble. And like high five from dad at that age yeah. is like a medal from Four the president. Wait That's a second. Awesome. Can we just go back to the fact that Lexi Dyer has a superhero story in her email from earlier? And it's really like truly heroic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right, let, let's go through Lexi's. Let's go back, because Lexi wrote in and deserves this. Not to take away from Captain Canada here. No, Captain Canada punched some no, kids. Story. That was great. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't the gist of it? You punched a three-year-old? A kid who was punching another kid with his ballistic detachable fists. That's yeah. pretty cool. The, Lexi starts this by saying, while not as heroic as Gav's story, which, let's remind you, is about Gav drunkenly chasing after a guy and ripping his shirt off so he looks like a sexy vicar. So, uh, this came to mind when I was listening. I work in an international school, and not too long ago we had a student on our academic course who had a serious problem with drinking. There had been quite a few instances where he had been drunk and lost control, and it reached the point where he was one incident away from being expelled. I managed to work with him and other members of the team, and we managed to help him control his drinking habits so that he could help. So that sorry, so that he could finish the course. At the end of the year, he came up to me at the prom and told me, "I'm only here today because of you." So not dis- so, despite not being exactly heroic, I definitely felt like a hero. That is Aww. legit. That hero- is heroism. Yeah, that's that's amazing. 
Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, we had a kid who had a drinking problem, so I punched him so hard. <laughs> in the kidneys. <laughs> in the liver. He could have he just drink. expelled all the toxins and he couldn't, he could drink freely again. <laughs> Lexi, uh, that is that legit. That was genuinely that that really cool. cool story. And on that positive and uplifting note about punching children, this has been the IGN UK podcast. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. See you see in you. the virtual realm. <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.